Trek Companion. This is episode 286. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're discussing Discovery's fourth season episode, The Examples. Here we go. The Examples, season four, episode five, original release date, December 16th, 2021. Directed by Lee Rose, written by Kyle Jarrow. Guest cast include Odette Fair as Charles Vance, David Cronenberg as Kovich, Sean Doyle as Ruan Tarka, Michael Grayas as Felix, Annabelle Wallace as Zora, Sarah Booth as Luda, Jonathan Goad as Akali Magistrate, Patrick Quachun as Gen Reese, Sarah Midich as Nilsson, David Benjamin Tomlinson as Linus, Orville Cummings as Christopher, Soshi Freed as Akali Woman, and Seema Seferi as Adar. The Dark Matter Anomaly, or DMA, is only getting more strange and dangerous as Starfleet ships observe it disappearing and reappearing, moving a distance of thousands of light years in mere moments. It's now frighteningly near a former Emerald Chain colony, home to thousands. Teleporting off the world will be impossible as it gets closer, so Captain Burnham is tasked with leading a large-scale evacuation. Meanwhile, Paul Stamets and Saru work with the arrogant genius Renu Tarkin, who has been working on a second-generation spore drive, but has been brought in to study the DMA. The DMA reappeared 4.2 seconds later, 1,000 light-years away. Can we confirm it's the same DMA we've been studying? The scan data matches exactly. And the odds of an identical anomaly forming are essentially nil. Not to mention, natural phenomena do not disappear and reappear elsewhere. Doesn't that violate the laws of physics? Every law we know of, that is. Zora, cross-reference all historical records in the sphere data. Are there any indications that this could have been due to some kind of natural event? Negative, Captain. If this isn't natural, the only logical explanation is someone created it. Steve, kick us off on the examples. So, uh, I like this episode. I think they are continuing to do, I think the last one in this season that we talked about most recently was the one with Starfleet Academy stuff. And because that kind of anchor primary story was kind of weak, it caused a lot of problems, but I, um, I like this, you know, it's not like it's brand new, nothing we've ever seen before, but I think this kind of formula where they have continuing plot lines over the course of a season, but definitely are focusing on one thing and then having a B story and toggling between those in some respect, um, is working, you know? And I think, um, you know, they, they, they do actually some interesting things here. The notion of the, the moral surrounding, you know, people incarcerated and, uh, you know, the, uh, the choices and this kind of thing. And then all the dynamics between the um, bringing on the new guy, the new genius and having Stamets at, at head with head to head with him and, and so on and so forth. Plus I think, um, you know, yeah, we've got this whole issue again with the dark matter nebula is like, is kind of like uh, the burn in the sense that it's like this grand thing that they've got to face, but there there's a fair amount of mystery that somehow is, I think is more interesting to try to understand what's going on behind it more so than we had in season three, in my opinion. But um, I think that their, their strengths lie in when they have good actors with good characters and the relationships between them. And they focus on those kinds of things. It's interesting to see the evolving relationship with Burnham and book. Um, 
And of course, uh, Kolber and Stamets is always great. And the, uh, the bit with Kovic and Kolber is great to two great characters, great actors. Um, so overall I enjoyed this episode. I don't think it's the greatest thing on earth or something like that, but I, I did enjoy it. I heard you say it's a really good episode because David Cronenberg is in it. <laughs> right. That's what I heard. Adam, what are your first thoughts? I liked half of this episode. I don't disagree with um, Steve. I think the this this season, the formatting has been better and the pacing has been better. The organizational structures of the the shows have been better. I just don't think the writing is much better. It's not that I think it's bad. I just was kind of bored with the prisoner stuff. I'm like, it was very much on the nose and it kind of felt preachy at times. And I kind of just felt myself like not caring. I wanted to go back to the, the Stamets storyline and, you know, what's been, you know, what was going on with Colbert that to me, that was far more interesting than um, the prisoner stuff, just because I, there was no mystery to it. We knew how it was, it was going to turn out. I mean, you know, you have these prisoners and it, like I said, it was just too on the nose and I felt it was a little preachy. I'm not saying it was bad or anything like that. I just kind of would like a little bit more imagination in the writing. So that's kind of how I felt about it. But like I said, I, I enjoyed the dynamic between Stamets and this, this new genius guy. Um, the Colbert stuff is really interesting. I like that they're kind of going back to his you know, his death, um, you brought up Cronenberg. That was actually a really, I, th- I think that was probably Cronenberg's best scene so far that he's done um, thus far. And, you know, it's, it seems like his character is going to be more involved and that's cool. So like I said, I really enjoyed half of this episode and the other half, I kind of was like, okay, it's just got to get through it. I, I agree with you on the uh, the prisoner stuff. It was, um, there just wasn't much, enough to it. Also, the, the way they set it up, it's like, it feels like it needed another level just almost physically. Like they have the, they get past the Beatles to get in and then they're in the room with the prisoners. Like, are we supposed to, this is an entire prison and it's got like five prisoners. Yeah. And they're all in these separate little cells in the middle of the main warehouse, right? When you walk in the front door. And it wasn't, it wasn't like they were hardened criminals. What some were like yeah. for stealing and, you know, just petty stuff. Like one was, there was only one that was in there for murder. So it just seemed little. And I didn't really understand that. Like he, he got a 30 year, he'd been in the prison for 30 years and the other people were all recents, obviously, because they were younger. And so the one thing I didn't understand, well, how did he have that little family tree ball the whole time? I'm like, wouldn't. Yeah, that was he- the one thing that he, he they did. They didn't take from him when they arrested him because he killed somebody. No, that's actually my ball. OK. Yeah, I mean, but I didn't, I didn't understand. He felt all guilty about not giving this, right. being able to give this tree back to this family tree back to the victim. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you could have given it back. At and for such an advanced point. looking prison. That doesn't feel like a prison, but he sure does have a good little. Oh, there's there's no force shield or anything underneath the, in the floor. Apparently, right, right. Why didn't yeah. he dig his way out <laughs> with the other things? I don't know. They would have benefited. They would have benefited from kind of fleshing out what's going on there. I think. I think their intent is probably that by you know with the title being what it is and so on is that they must like be some kind of random selection of people that do wrong things. And yeah, those but he's been there get, for thirty years. The one guy. I think they all get life. I mean, that's kind of what I gathered. Or a lot of time, at least. Like, no matter what the thing is. But they didn't really, they didn't clarify that very well. I, I assume, given some of their crimes were petty, that everyone just gets stuck there for life. But not it's only the ones who get caught or something. I don't know. You commit a crime, you get life. That's, that's the sentence. Right. You know, whether I it's murder or you steal. The, the stuff with Stamets and the uh, DMA and the new genius, that was more interesting and fun. I mean, the prison stuff was more about uh, how is how is Burnham and 
you know, Book's relationship evolving, and it's kind of like sideline. Here's where they're doing the prisoner stuff. But yeah, that, that's that's some of the, some of that stuff was a bit obvious what they were trying to convey. Uh, but I do like I do like the formatting though. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, they're you know, like I said, but you know, maybe maybe we'll get like an incredible episode. I mean, you know, I, I don't mean to bag on it. I mean, how many like blase episodes of Next Gen and DS9 that are formatted just like this right. that we kind of were like, oh yeah, it was good, but it wasn't that good. So I'm not trying to say that this is a bad episode. It's just, I kind of want more. Yeah. I also can't tell how much of this kind of stuff I like because I'm used to it in Star Trek. You know, like, is it, is it, do I feel like it works because I feel like this is more like past Star Trek in terms of the way it's formatted, or is it just this, uh, this particular way of creating a narrative works better or something? I don't know. I just, I just know that I like something a little leaning a little more episodic than that they, what they were last season when it was nondescript and it might as well be a, you know, 15 hour thing that you randomly cut in hours parts or something, you know, that's what it felt like more like last season. You know, I'm looking forward to the, the, you know, what we got out of this episode, like the prison stuff. That's just kind of like its own little in the bottle storyline. But, you know, I think we'll get more from the, you know, the, the, the ongoing stuff will be the Colbert thing that's going on with him and, um, you know, Stamets and these new work dynamics that he has to deal with. And the, the new character is interesting. I, you know, I think, you know, the writing for this new character is good. He's kind of mysterious, arrogant. So um, yeah, he, he starts off as just complete a-hole. And I thought, oh, there's no dimension here at all. Uh, but by the end of the episode, there was, and I don't, there was a little more to him. And I don't just mean the very, very end where Booker obviously is, thinks there's something else going on with him. I don't, I don't mean that. I mean, there's, there's more layers to him as far as he isn't, just 100% a-hole only. Yeah, thing. It's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, the, the screaming scene with Saru was fun. Well, some of that I didn't get at the beginning of that whole, because it's like, it was one of those things where it was like forced drama. Like, well, wait a minute, wait, why don't, why don't, why don't they just say, wait a minute, wait a minute. How about instead of putting the whole ship in danger, let's just wait an hour until we don't need the transporters and we can take the power. I mean, I don't get it. Why why can't we just... I had that written down too, Brian. I it's was been like... six months. We can wait another hour to not risk blowing up the ship. I mean, what? <laughs> Totally Why is that a thing? You. And they'll have more energy, you know, they can use the en- all mm-hmm. the energy from the transporter. Yeah, it seemed kind of silly that they were doing both these things at the same time. You know, really, this whole <laughs> experiment should have been set up on some moon in the middle of nowhere. I mean, why is it even in the middle of the ship with all these people? I mean, I don't know. Some of that was like, this is this seems kind it's of... It's forced. Yeah, it's yeah. forced. And yeah. I think that's, I think that's, I've seen, you know, I think you're right about some of this is being forced. I felt like the prison stuff was more forced and I've kind of seen that in other episodes that we talked about. They just kind of force stuff and it's like, you don't really need to do this, but. Oh, well, to finish up what I was saying on the prison stuff, I feel like once they got into that main room, there should have been another room to go into. Like there should have been a lower level or, you know, there should have been some other bit to it than, well, like you said, even metaphorically, the whole, it's all pretty just on the nose and obvious and, I mean, the, what was the what was the main guy's name? Felix, uh, the character, uh, that actor. He, he was fine. It was it was, so, yeah. it was okay. Um, it was a little bit weird sometimes. That I'm like, well, they're going to obviously kill this guy, but we're going to spend all this time with him. But you know, it was fine. Uh, that was it was. You know, I have some. You know, you can go into when we go into what this is about. You know, you, they, I think they're trying to convey something, a little message there. But I do, I do wonder, kind of, 
books motivation i mean i under I, you know on one hand it's like you you get that they want to have them on two two sides that seems to be the thing thing here lately and then going forward but it's drama but what exactly why is he so compelled to say like this is wrong to let someone die who is willing to die i mean i don't it, it i don't feel like i don't understand his motivation i mean it's forced it feels forced i thought they were getting at that it's because he feels guilt for not saving everybody on his planet yeah i guess so but it, I don't know. I mean, that's it's not, not conveyed very well. It, yeah, it feels forced as well. Yeah. Um, but I do like that he it wasn't um, that last scene between him and a whole guy. What's his name? Mm. The character? Uh, um, Tarkin. The, the scientist. Yeah, uh, Tarka. Tarkin? Tarka. Tarkin? Tarka. Right, right. There you go. Tar- Grand Moff Tarka. <laughs> Tarkin. Sorry. Yes. But Tarka. Okay. Um, Tarka. Even at that moment, it wasn't like, book wasn't like, well, great. Then I'm with you. Let's go do the dangerous thing because it'll help us solve the mystery of the DMA. I have a hard time calling it the DMA. It sounds like the, it's an anomaly. <laughs> Fine, it's an anomaly, yeah. but DMA. Hey, Steve, who's the actor that played Tarka? I know um, he's great uh, because Sean Boyle is his name. Yeah, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. You know, he had to have gone to like a hole acting school because he plays a great. <laughs> A-hole it's, a, it's a special, a special one of the people special from this episode. When I, I always check to see if, if I can do a six degrees question, of course I could, can't. None of them have been in other Star Trek's, but one of them was an Expanse actor. Yeah, that's him, Steve. That was him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he played an a hole in that one too. Okay. Well, we'll see if he's going to be an a hole in this one. He started mm-hmm. off kind of a hole ish, but we'll, I'm saying a hole people out there because Brian will beat me if I say the oh. full. <laughs> yes, I will beat you because I don't want to have to beat you. It's too much work. <laughs> too much work. So I, I agree, by the way, too. Um, this was certainly Cronenberg's most substantial scene. You know, he's good. He's He does what they need him to do. He just does it. I mean, yeah. well, I guess he kind of had a few of these scenes last season with Giorgio. But this um, one's but pretty long. Know. I mean, this is yeah, yeah this is definitely his meatiest Ten, thing. Eight and a half minutes. I don't ever want, I don't ever want there to be like a uh, an episode where we see his character as a little kid and we learn how he, no. I don't ever want to know anything else about his character. He needs to say mystery guy, you know? All right. He's future guy, whatever. That's what he needs to be. One of the last episodes will just be an episode all about him. <laughs> then you'd be all right with that. If they did like the whole back, it'd have to be completely about him for it to be all right. Right, Ryan? <laughs> if it's like Kovic started out as making movies. <laughs> Body <laughs> horror. When there was time warped 1300 years in the future. <laughs> the last thing I want to ask you about before we do what it's about. Did you feel Tilly's absence? Because I kind of did. Like when I saw like a scene with this, with Saru and uh, Aho guy, it was like, it was just, I was just kind of reminded there were a couple of times when I was reminded that I like her with certain characters so much, especially Saru. I like Saru most when he's with Tilly. There was just there's like an insight that I feel like I get to him when he's with her or something. I, I don't know. I just I just kind of felt I felt her absence. This was the first episode without her, and I felt it. Yeah, I, I felt it, but I can say that yeah, she. I feel her absence, but I don't feel like it's like it all the anchors the show or something, right? I mean, I don't feel like it's oh man, this is this doesn't work or something. You know, is her it, name out of the opening titles? I didn't look. Uh, I don't recall. I didn't see other. Brian, I can't say I missed her on this one, but I think just the way they had the episode set up, you know, it was, you know, it was so focused on Stamets, Colber, and um, um, Book and Burnham. Right. Because there's some it didn't, without it didn't, it didn't feel people. odd. 
Yeah, and she wasn't the only one that really wasn't in this episode today. There was, um, oh my gosh, I forgot her name. The Trill. She wasn't in this one. True. Yeah. See, some just skip. They go by, and they just don't have yeah. the main characters in them at all. Sometimes, yeah. Well, hey, real quick, I wanted to ask you guys: How do you feel about? I've kind of noticed it more and more in this episode. I kind of feel like they're abusing the transporter stuff. How does, like, how do these people ever get exercise? You know, they yeah, just I mean, like, like every the time they're stopping, and they yeah. run up there and I'll just. I mean, do, do you guys agree? Not, I mean, how do you feel about like you know uh, what was it when um, Book and Burnham? were outside the gate and, you know, they communicated with um, one of their ensigns who they put in charge and, you know, he just holographically appears there. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm like, I, I feel like that's a little bit much. What do you, what do you guys think? I didn't understand that bit. He was communicating with them as a hologram, but, but he was down on the surface of the planet. I didn't understand that. I guess he was on another part of the, the asteroid. Since when do you communicate in that scenario, making a hologram there? And what's, yeah, that's what it what's felt emitting the hologram? I mean, I don't, what is, I don't understand. Yeah, I kind of felt worried about it too. And I'm, I don't love it in when they're having a normal conversation on the ship or something. But let's say Kovich, they purposely do the mess up the image a little bit to remind you that he's not really standing there. But at least then he's in a he's in a room where you assume they've set up holographic emitters, I guess. Yeah, and they almost use the silent bubble again today, which I'm like, I don't, I don't really yeah. like the silent bubble. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I just wonder what you how you guys felt. I mean, I, like I said, I feel like they're really abusing the transporter. It's like any, anytime they go anywhere, like, psh, psh. yeah, it's all random. I mean, they got to pick some kind of technology to advance a little bit, and it, it's it's kind of ludicrous when you think about it. So, like in Star Trek Picard, they're they got to the point where they can like walk through a gate and then appear somewhere else, and it's all really fast. And here. Sure, they can tap a button and they appear somewhere else that's on their person, yet it's several hundred years later. You know, I, I don't know. It's just whatever. I do like the hand tricorders. They do, you know, when they're doing everything on the screen. Yeah, yeah. You know, in front of them. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. But other stuff, I'm kind of like, eh. And that kind of thing we'll probably be able to do it in 20 years ourselves or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. What's this episode about? Well, to kind of go back to what you were, the, the prison stuff is kind of on the nose. It's like, you know, fair treatment of all life forms, you know, you you got you got to be treat people with humanity and dignity, and you can't just like all right these people are deemed worthless because they committed some petty crime. So they're talking about that. Um, towards the end of that jailbreak scene, they're obviously talking about you know you should have you know it's about free will. You have the right to choose your own destiny, your own fate. So I think that's kind of what they're going with that on there. And then you know on the whatever the A or B story, I kind of feel like it's more the A story that's going on in the ship. Stamets coming to terms with a new workmate and um the Colbert stuff is I, I think they're trying to talk about, you know, um, you know, trauma and how you can you run away from it from work. I kinda I mean it's a small part of the episode, but I think it's a kind of an important part about like you can run away from things right in front of you. You know, like they were talking about, you know, he uses work to distract himself from all this trauma that he's gone through. So I kinda I kinda like where they're going with this and I think that's what they were trying to say in that. Yeah, I think it is kind of hard to draw a line as to what all the storylines have in common or what they might be trying to message here. And like like you said, in an indirect fashion, it, it is the trauma thing. It's the trauma as it relates to, you know, how one relates to the rest of the world as time goes on. You know, we see that in the uh, the, the, the prisoners and what their past has done to them and where they leads them to. We've got the uh, Kolber and Kovic and his revelations and where he's been and how it informs his relationships. And um, also with, with, with Stamets and the, and the new 
uh, a-hole and all, and so on, you know, all these people have a background that, that affects the relationships currently. I, I don't know that they solidify that, that that's really what they're trying to message here, but those are what all the storylines have in common here, I think. All right, let's do six degrees for the examples. Just one question today in two weeks, uh, <laughs> Adam, you'll get it, but today, Steve, you started this. So Steve, Name two of the advanced species they theorize could have caused the DMA. All right. They, they um, named several that were references to other shows, but uh, give me two of them. Uh, Metrons and Q continuum? Yes, sir. For no additional points, any of the others? Something like the Iconians, probably? Yep, the Iconians. <laughs> uh, always make me think about Dune when they... <laughs> and um, the other one was the, the Nacine? Is that the, that's the caretaker from Voyager? Oh, yeah. yes. Okay, yep. Yeah. And that was a fun little thing they did with yeah. the nod to it. Yeah. And I guess they're going to be referencing when Q was seen in Picard. I guess that's the reference, right? Well, the years work out in terms of last time <laughs> Q was seen, kind of. So that's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, short episode today, folks. Uh, we're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next episode of Discovery. And then two weeks after that, we'll discuss one. But then two weeks after that, we'll be back to discussing two episodes per. So you can... Follow us on Twitter. That's at Trek Companion. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. And uh, thank you so much for spending half an hour with us. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. Stefan, I passed it.